0: Isaiah 43, 16 to 19, and then I'll let you sit down after that, but, um, but, um, but, but make sure you holler at me today, all right? Come on, we're holler back, preaching church, amen? See, I, I got the word here, but we're going to preach it together, amen? All right, so this is what the Lord says. And I love it when a scripture, I I got one line in and I'm distracted. I love it when a scripture starts with, this is what the Lord says, so that y'all aren't wondering if it's me or him. All right, I love it. This one right here, it starts and says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, he who made a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses and the armies and the reinforcements together of Egypt They lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Come on. That's a good sermon right there, isn't it, right? Those enemies snuffed out like a wick. Come on. Don't be an enemy of God. Amen. Don't be an enemy of God's people. Don't be an enemy of God's church. Amen. They were snuffed out like a wick. This week, when someone annoys you, say, be careful you'll get snuffed out like a wick. All right, don't say that. I'm just kidding. Relax. Y'all a little, little scared today. I'm just kidding, all right? So relax. Shall we keep reading? Yeah. After saying all that, I did this. I, 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 I delivered you out of Egypt. I parted the waters. I made a highway through the ocean. And then I, and then, and then, then I vanquished your enemy, snuffed him out like a wick. And then he says, forget that. Forget that. Forget the form of things. Do not dwell on all that because I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness <clears throat> and streams in the wasteland. Heavenly Father, I pray you help me to preach that word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, forget that. And then take a seat. Come on. Come on, behold, I'm doing a new thing. If ever there was a season that this verse could bring you great comfort, it's right now, right? Right? Behold, I'm doing a new thing, right? -am Am I preaching to people who believe right now? Like if ever there was a season in the world and a time where we need to know that God's doing a new thing, it's right now, yeah? Does anyone want God to do a new thing in their lives? Give me a wave. Yell at me if you do, yeah? Come on, let's do that one more time. Give me a wave if you want God to do a new thing in your life. Yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like, we don't want to get to 65 and look back at the last 30 years and, and every year look the same as the year before it, right? My, my kids are still living at home. Get out, right? Like, my dog is still vomiting on the same piece of carpet for 30 years, No, I'm hoping I got a new dog by then, right? One that's not so scared of everything. My air conditioner still barely hanging on, breaking down on the fourth week of summer every single year, right? Or our church still singing the same old songs. Dead man, come out of that grave. Come out of that grave, right? It'll sound like a hymn in 30 years, right shout to the Lord was awesome now when someone goes to sing it you're like whoa where are we you know like we want God to do a new thing amen I'm just getting up and I'm like well I want to preach a sermon on the truth so how about I remember I did that in 2020 no it was the first couple of weeks of 2021 so so just press play on that old recording right (laughs) Like, no, we want a fresh word. We want a new thing. We want God to keep moving. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anyone else want God to do a new thing in your marriage? Right? Or do you want your marriage to peak today? This will do. This is just fine. You want to be arguing over the same things in 30 years that you're arguing about today? No, God wants to do a new thing. Right? You still want to be only making love on the third Wednesday night of every month at 10.30 p.m. if you're lucky? (laughs) Do a new thing, Lord. Come on, right? Come on. Oh, my gosh, is he talking about sex? Yes. Yes. It's in the Bible a lot. It's almost like God wants a man and a wife to have sex lots of times. Come on, someone say testify. I heard the men were a lot louder than the women. Like, I'm not analyzing it. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not reading into that, but, but the men were louder than the women right now. Come on, you, your marriage doesn't have to peak today. It can change. It can get better. God can do a new thing in your marriage even as we become older things, Right? God can do a new thing in your finances. God can do a new thing in your kids' lives. You want God to do a new thing in your vocation, your workplace, your employment. See, God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's the same. But He's always been creative, and He's creative today. He's always changing things, improving things, healing things, and doing things in our lives. And, and today, on, what is it, June 26th? No, June 27th, God is the same creative, interfering God that He was 4,000 years ago. Come on. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it, He says. I'm going to do an awkward transition. Let me tell you a story. Growing up, my dad used to go mudden, or he called it four-wheel driving, right? I don't think you realize that you can just put your car in four-wheel drive, drive on asphalt and call it four-wheel driving, right? You know, sin four-wheel drive, let's go. But he, he'd always do what you all call mudden in America. Do you all call it mudden, right? Where you take a four-wheel drive and you go in the, in the woods and you, you, get, you get stuck in the bog and you get stuck and you, you got to dig your way out, You're right? Well, my, my dad, he always had these expensive Impressive four wheel drives, right? Like, I remember one time he had like the $60,000, uh, I think it was a Nissan Patrol, and then he spent $25,000 putting a new uh, engine in it, right? And uh, like, uh, like so that it could really handle the rough work. And, and I'm like, I, I guess I'm not going to college, you know? You can just have an engine. That'd be great. That'd be way better than education, you know? And uh, he'd take these really nice, expensive cars and he would just bashed them around the woods, right? Like, and so by the time my dad was done with the car, it was like 80% bondo, right? Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Anyone else do that kind of stupidity up in here? Give me a wave if you're that guy, yeah? There's a couple of those people, right? And uh, so my dad would do that all the time. And while the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and so my friend Chris and I, who had way less money than him, um, figured that we would do that with my friend's four-wheel drive, right? And it looked exactly like this. Did you guys have these over here in America? Y'all, who's who's seen that before? Y'all awake in here today? Someone punch your neighbor in the throat and say, wake up. Yeah, so this is a Land Cruiser. And uh, we, ha- we had them everywhere in Australia. And my friend, he had one, just a little short wheelbase. We call them a little Forby. And um, and we decided that we, we were going to do like our dads did. And we were going to take the back way everywhere that we went. And so anytime we saw a dirt road, <clears throat> we'd go down the dirt road, right? Uh, rain, hail, shine, didn't matter what was going on. Uh, we, we'd get that thing uh, burning through ruts and cracks and mud. And, and one time we got it stuck, like, like, like in a really, really deep rut. And if you don't know what that is, right, you have some clearance between the ground and the chassis of your car. So you got your wheels, and it might be this much gap between the ground and your car. Well, sometimes the ruts are deeper than that. And when that happens, you're stuck, right? Y'all know what I'm saying, yeah? And so one time we were like stuck in a really deep rut. And the thing about this road that we were stuck on is it was cut in the edge of a, Cliff and or a mountain and, and it go like this and and then they they cut a little right angle in there and we're going along there and, and we get we we slip into this rut and that was bad because because further ahead the road had 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 caved in away from the mountain on that left side and so the left hand rut actually went off the cliff and and if we were stuck in it we would go off the cliff. With the rut, y'all picturing this right, what I'm, what I'm saying here. And, and so what we had to do, we had to, we had to dig it out. And, and you know, so we, we're cutting down trees with our chainsaw because you never go mudding without a chainsaw, right? And so, so we're cutting down trees, you know, like we, we, because we found ourselves, we got ourselves in a bad situation. And so you've got to jack the car up, cut bits off this tree, stuff it under your wheels and try and get yourself out of the rut, right? But the thing is if we if we land back in the rut we're gonna go off a cliff on the left hand side and and we don't want to do that, y'all with me? And so so what we had to do though was we had to get it get the car up and we had to drive it just just about four inches maybe five inches, to, to the right-hand side of the rut. Right. We couldn't go to the left because it went off the cliff, right? We had to be just to the right and up ahead. There was a spot where we would be able to go up away, but we had to get around that that bit, that, that dangerous bit. But it was really, really hard to stay out of the, the rut, right? Now, if we just did a right-angle turn, we'd be out of the rut and that'd be fine. But... <laughs> But it was really hard to stay out of the rut. It, the car kept wanting to fall back in the rut. It did fall back in one or two times, but then, but then we had to really pay attention. We couldn't go backwards. We had to go forwards. And the reason it was so hard to stay out of those ruts is because the, the right thing, the, the right direction, the, the right way to go, uh, the, the, the new thing, it was only a little bit different than the wrong thing. From above, it looked exactly the same. If you were flying a drone over the top of us at that time, it would look like we're going the exact same way that we were going beforehand. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Like, well, there were no drones back then. I know that, right? You know, this is like 20-something years ago. There were, people weren't flying drones around. Well, I think the U.S. military had them. And so there was probably some guy in Arizona, actually some guy in Iowa, going, Cletus, look at these idiots in Australia. They're going to go off that cliff. Just watch. It's going to be hilarious, right? Like from above and from the outside, it looked like we're going the same way. But in actuality, it was a a little bit different. The old way would have us stuck in a rut a few meters ahead. We'd fall off a cliff. And it wasn't a huge cliff, just maybe 15 meters or so and, you know, 40 feet or so. So we would probably survive. But his uh, little four-wheel drive for sure would be dead. And... uh, then we would have had to go for a, you know, a, a walk, maybe maybe a whole day, maybe a day and a half to find help to get somebody to come with their tractor to lift his banged up little land cruiser out of the canyon that we would have fell into, right? <clears throat> but, but see, we all want a big new thing. We all want God to do this great, big, gigantic, new whiz-bang news report. Everybody sees it. It's so different. We all want God to do the big thing in our lives right there, right? Because big things are exciting, aren't they? New things, big new things, they're exciting and they're, they're often easier because it's a drastic change. Right angle, the ruts are over here going that way and I'm going that way. Now it's often easier. But it's hard to do something new when it's just a little bit different to the something old. Isn't it? And so the title of my message today is, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. See, not everything God calls you to do is going to be a drastic big change. Not everything God is doing is drastic. Not everything gets the world's attention. See, in fact, like not everyone's going to get asked to move to the other side of the world. Lauren and I, we moved to the other side of the world. Once we were arrived, locked in, can't go home, there you are, right? It's it's. We, it took a lot of faith to make the step, but once the step was made, it was easy to stay there because we were there now, right? Not everybody, in fact, almost nobody in this room is going to be called to move their family to the other side of the world, right? Most of you aren't going to be called to sell your business, sell your home, quit your job and move to probably even another state. But all of you are gonna be asked to do little things by God that are a little bit different. Because sometimes the things that will have the biggest impact on your life are just a little bit different than it was before. Just a little bit different than it was before, amen? See, the way out of the mess that my friend and I found ourselves in, got ourselves in, was only a little bit different. The way out was only a little bit different than the way we got in it in the first place just a, just a few inches and if we didn't make that change those few inches uh, uh, if we didn't make those we would have had to walk for a day and a half to get help and get his car fixed and the insurance company would have just said you're an idiot, not paying for that right? y'all with me? a little while ago I was sick of mess around our house now it wasn't really that bad but we have eight people that live in our home I've got five kids five kids, that's psycho Like, it's psycho stuff. It's a horror movie. There's 21 kids in the cul-de-sac, right? And they all go through every house like they're like the horde, you know? And they come in and they just destroy everything. And they're like, next house, we ate everything in the Newman's. Next house, they just destroy everything. So our house is every single day. You know, some people like your house stays clean for a week. No, as it's like 20 minutes, it's clean. It's like, sweet. That was awesome. You know, and then the horde comes and destroys everything right? There's eight people that live in our house alone. And our nanny, she lives in the basement, right? And, uh, and she's awesome. Do you all know Orna? She's absolutely fantastic. And so she looks after our kids. By the way, speaking of a little thing having a big impact, she looks after our kids. And so Lauren and I, we couldn't do this if she wasn't doing that. Come on, right? <clears throat> like, and so our house, I was just sick of the mess. And so I decided that I'll never go upstairs without carrying something up the stairs with me. And I'll never come down the stairs without carrying something down the stairs with me, right? Now, that idea, it was just a little change, but it made a big difference. That little change made it so that some approximately 28 things every day were put back in their proper location, right? 28 things. Because I realized my watch tells me that I'm going up and down the stairs 14 times a day. 14 times. Usually it's because I roll, I run up, I'm like, going to go to the toilet. Oh my gosh, where's the toilet paper? Five kids, they just steal it and they never put any back. So you run downstairs, none there, run to the garage. Oh, there it is, put that back, one for you. One for, On my way up, dad, can you, okay, I'll be back down there, back up again. All right, can I please go to the restroom now? Y'all know what I'm doing. Th- Who's got kids in here, right? And so 28, imagine if my whole family did that. That'd be 196 things put in their proper place every single day. Some families in the world don't even own 196 things, right? A little thing, a big difference. So often when we don't see huge fireworks and accolades and news releases, we feel like God's not doing anything. Y'all feel like that sometimes? But he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Interesting that he if it follows it up with, do you not perceive it? Like maybe you're going to have to look a little harder to see the thing that God is doing. Maybe he's doing a, maybe the new things started out as a little thing that you don't even notice, right? He's saying, hey, just because there's no fireworks doesn't mean I'm not working. Come on, just because it's not on CNN doesn't mean I'm not moving, you know, uh, you gotta, you got to look a little harder. you got to be like like Simba, right? Look harder, you know? But if you do, you'll see that I'm working. I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm making streams in the wasteland. I'm moving. I'm doing a new thing, amen? God's saying it might take us some time, not because I can't do it instantly. I can. I can do it instantly. But there's some things in you, some little changes that you need to make so that you don't ruin the new thing, right? See, some of us, we're all like, God, make me rich so I can waste it all. God, give me a new house so I can destroy it. God, give me a new wife so I can ruin this marriage, right? Come on. Like, we, we, we got to go through the process of making the little changes so that we're ready for the big new thing that comes at the end, amen? See, I, 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 read, a, um, I read a commentary recently that said, if you, if you took all the wealth in America and you distributed it evenly, right, so that everybody who who had this much was brought down to here and everybody had this much was brought up to here. And everybody got the same amount of money. Let's say it's $100,000. Everybody gets $100,000. That within five years, the same people who were rich would be rich again and the same people who were poor would be poor again. See, we all want this instant, miraculous, big thing, but we've got to go on the journey. We've got to go through the journey. Hey, maybe you, need to, maybe you need to make this change in your finances. Maybe you need to stop buying this all the time. Maybe you need to stop doing that all the time, right? Oh, God, God, I want to wake up. And all of a sudden, my wife is, is, is amazing. She's just the bomb. And so that I can ruin that as well. Instead, of, instead i got to go through the, the changes where God says, maybe you should treat her like this. And maybe you should do this in the morning. And maybe you should do this in the evening. Like, and maybe you need to make this small little change over here that maybe no one will notice, right? God says, I'm working, I'm moving, I'm creating, I'm doing a new thing. Just because CNN hasn't noticed it doesn't mean God's not moving, amen? And I'm telling you right now, church, if you open your eyes and pay attention, you'll see. That God is moving in His church. And I'm not just talking about at Eternity Church. It is phenomenal what God's doing here. It is amazing how we got through last year, right? But I, I, I don't want to be stuck in last year. I want to see what God's doing 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, amen. And if you open your eyes, yeah, you can see that God's moving not just in our church, but in churches all over the world. Churches that were sleeping are waking up. Churches all over the USA and all over the world, and even right here, we're clarifying the Word of God. We're unifying behind the Word of God. We're speaking up. They're they're praying like they've never prayed before in that eternity, church. Come on, you know it, right? We're praying like we've never prayed before, aren't we, church? Right, we got the men's prayer on Thursday mornings as well. That's a new thing. And there's been, I don't know, just tons of men there every single week. We're worshiping like never before standing up for the truth of the word of god like never before seeing souls saved like never before and so are we amen they're clarifying positions like never before us included god's doing a new thing god's doing just cuz there's not fireworks and rainbows and sprinklers it's not in the headlines but god is moving god is moving And you can sense a sweetness to the presence of God like never before, can't you? And that's because his people are worshipping him in spirit and in truth, as the word says. I believe we're going to see a great revival the likes of which we've never seen before. Just around the corner. We're going to see more souls than we've ever seen saved before. Come on. uh, You should be excited about that. Come on. You may be better looking than the 9 a.m. service, but you're a bit more boring than them today. Come on. Come on. I still love you, though. Come on. We're going to see more miracles than ever before. We're going to see more families restored than ever before. It's happening now. It's going to keep happening. We're going to see more miraculous healings than ever before. We're going to see more people filled with the Spirit of God than ever before. And we are seeing more people filled with the Spirit of God than ever before. Amen. But this is just the beginning of the greater things that God is doing. Do you perceive it? Do you open the eyes of your spirit? God is doing a new thing. Do you perceive it, church? See, God's giving His church influence. He's giving His church strength. He's giving His church power. He's even bringing in the resources. He's bringing in the lands and the buildings. He's bringing in the people. He's bringing the lost back to Him. He's opening the eyes of unbelievers. He's setting people free from addictions. He's setting people free from life-controlling substances. Come on, have you sensed what God is doing? The sweetness in the church, the power in the worship, the presence of God as we gather, the strength in the pulpit, the unity in the room. God's doing something. It, it's, as if, it's as if the last eight years that we looked at and we're like, whoa, look what God did. I mean, let's just, let's break it down. But I wonder what, what, what new thing is God doing in your life? It's all well and good. See, God's doing great things in the church, right? But you are the church. And you should be experiencing the new thing from God in your life as well. What new thing is God doing in your life right now? He said, I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm making a stream in the wasteland. Do we have any hunters in here or any campers, any people that like going bush? Give me a wave. Sorry, go on. Sorry, that's Australian for going to the woods, sorry. We call the woods bush, and uh, Lauren tells me to never, ever say that in America. And so um, that's one of those things actually last night. She did remind me, and I just forgot. But um, whatever, there's literally people going... Um, did anybody go exploring the woods over here? Give me a wave, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, and so, like, have you ever seen out there, like, those natural paths that exist out there in the woods? Have you seen those? Uh, the, way that, the way that animals walk in the same direction at the same time of the day to go to the same place, right? Y'all seen that? It, it, it starts as nothing. Not one single anything. Every one of those paths was nothing before it was something, and along comes one deer, and it walks from one place to another place, it walks from one spot to the water's edge, or to a place where there's food and resource, and the path looks like absolutely nothing, in fact, if you are that wilderness, if you're like, my life is a wilderness, and you're like, God help me, if you, if you are that wilderness, do you know what that deer walking along feels like? Someone just stabbing you all day, walking all over you and dropping poop on you. That's what it looks like. It looks, it's nothing. That first deer, sometimes that mess is actually God creating a way in the wilderness, by the way. Sometimes that uncomfort and that discomfort was designed by God to get you to move yourself from where you are to where you got to go, amen. Sometimes when we get too comfortable, we're just like Peak, and this is good. But God wants to do a new thing, amen. See, the next day that same deer, it's going to walk past again and it's going to look just as boring as it did the first time. And then the the next day it's going to walk past. It might kill some grass this time. It might drop some poop on you again this time. It's just making a mess. And after a few weeks of this, there's, there's some crap on the path. There's some dead grass. There's some leaves starting to break. The path is starting to form. You can almost see your way there. After a couple of months of this, there's a very clear path all the way from where you were to the resources, all the way from where you were to the water's edge, but it started like nothing. But at first, it didn't look like anything. If it looked like anything, it looked like mess, frustration, and annoyance. But God was making a way one step at a time. One step at a time, God was making a way, amen, all the way to the water, all the way to the water. And and then he says, I'm making a stream in the wasteland. I love that he says, do you not perceive it? I'm doing these things that started out small, right? And then I'm making a stream in a wasteland. You know how a stream comes? You know how a stream is formed? Well, first there's a drop that went the wrong direction, it seemed like. A drop. It started out as what looks like a leak. Something's wrong. Something broke. Where did this water come from? Drop by drop, bucket by bucket, turn by turn, the stream is beginning to form. God is bringing living water. God is bringing life to the wasteland. And to do it, he's going to use what looks like a leak. He'll use what might feel like a mess. He'll use what might seem insignificant. He can use those tiny little drops to make a way in your life. Can I tell you, healing is coming. Come on, do you perceive it? Do you see it? Come on, God is moving. God is moving in your life. Family, sorry, restoration is coming to your family. Joy is returning. Some of you are just like so sad. I'm telling you right now, joy is on its way. Amen. Joy is coming back. Provision is coming into your life. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, God's making a way in the wasteland, amen. Sometimes provision looks like a leak in your plumbing. But I promise you, if you open the eyes of your spirit, God will show you that He's still an interfering God. He's still creative and He's creating a way, amen. Who, who, who here maybe felt like there was a moment, a season, a few days, a month, or a whole season last year where you felt like desolate, like anybody at all? Like I, I had, I had a, a moment or a, or a season like that last year as well and uh and it felt like that and here's the thing just last week Lauren and I and our family we were at a at a pastor's um at a pastor's retreat uh a leadership training kind of thing uh with some great pastors we're blessed to have been invited um and uh, and when we were there one thing we realized that that we're not the only pastors that felt like last year was tough in many ways right so for a lot of people see it was tough for you I know but it was also tough for your boss. It was also tough for your neighbor. It was also tough for your friend. It was also tough for your spouse. It was also tough for your, for your Bible study leader or for your pastors. Like, it was a tough year. One thing for pastors, we can get used to crowds. And that, there's nothing wrong with crowds at all, right? Like this morning, I don't need like nine a.m. service. I didn't even know if you could find a seat. Right, it was full. Right, last night it was bigger than it was before Corona. Right, and uh, y'all need to bring a couple more friends. And um, but like pastors can get used to crowds, and there's nothing wrong with a crowd. That's all fine. This morning was fine. It's all good. But sometimes, when that's how you measure things, you can maybe start to get sidetracked and I'm not saying we were doing it all wrong but but when that all disappears you got to find that God well are we doing the right thing God are we on the right direction God God are you God are you moving because cuz one day we woke up and we're preaching and and there was a cameraman and, and that's it in the room there was a cameraman and so so God wait. But I can't see, God, I can't, I can't see people saying, amen, yes, that word was for me. I, 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 can't, I can't hear people telling us that that, that, this, that this the culture of this church is blessing their lives. God, are you moving? And that, that was tough for pastors all over the world, right? But then someone said to me, as I began to realize, as I began to be like, what's even going on? I don't even know what to do. Someone literally said, to me, open your eyes. This is after that. See, when we reopened church, we were only closed for a couple of weeks. But in that time, we went from 100% attendance to 30%. We started back at 30%, and I'm like, "God, are you moving? God, are you doing anything?" Now we've grown back, and everything's been awesome. But, but at that time, it's hard to see what God's doing. Someone literally had to say, "Jesse." Open your eyes. Look at this and this and this and this and this and this. Look at all these things that God is doing in your life and, and in the church and, and in your team. Look at it all. It's so good. But I have to open my eyes and look to see that God was making a way in the wilderness. Amen. God was creating streams of living water in my wasteland. But I had to open my eyes to perceive it. But then I had to listen to the Lord and make some little changes to line myself up with the new thing that God is doing. See, too often what we want God to do is to to fix the road where the rut fall fall off. We we want to line God up with the rut that we're in. We want to. We we God says I'm doing a new thing and we're like awesome. Can you make it exactly the same as the last thing? And God's like, no, it's 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 over here. It's going to be a little bit different than it was beforehand, right? What little change do you need to make to line yourself up with the new thing that God is doing? Do do you need to stop trying to line God up with the old thing and start saying, yes, Lord, line me up with the new thing? What little step are you ignoring? What little drops do you keep washing away? See, one of my all-time favorite stories in the Bible is when Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho. Do you all know that story? Yeah? I think more of you know it than are responding. Some of y'all forgot today. We are hollow back church. All right, come on. We we love the Presbyterians, but we ain't them. All right, all right. That, that what do they call. My friends used to. I, I've told you before. I had a, my best mates. Have, my best mate growing up is a Presbyterian minister now. All right? We used to call them the frozen chosen. They used to call us the holy rollers. And so, <clears throat> but. Um, but come on, my favorite story in the Bible was the, uh, uh, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. You know the song? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Y'all know that song, right? And so I love this story. But, but, but it sounds exciting, right? Yeah, Joshua's fighting the battle of Jericho. and The walls are coming tumbling down. But, but, but can you imagine how boring it actually was? Sounds exciting, but when they're marching around that building, they weren't singing, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. No, no, they were just singing, we're fighting the battle of Jericho. And that was the end of the song. It wasn't exciting. How boring and monotonous must it have been to march around that building 13 times? Have you ever thought about that? sounds exciting in reality very boring can you imagine being a soldier in the lord's army which by the way you are a soldier in the lord's army amen 13 times you're marching around those walls you ever get so bored that you start counting things that don't need to be counted right you ever get so bored that you start naming the things that you counted right some of y'all during some of my sermons have counted and named and numbered bricks on that wall you're like well that's steve And that over there, that's Cletus. Just below Cletus is Jenny and the kids, right? Like, y'all like, yeah, today might be that day that I named the last brick, right? These guys walked around the building 13 times. Sorry, not the building, the city. They walked around the city 13 times. There was a guy in that army, his name was Bible Belt Bill, and... um. He was one of the he was one of the soldiers in the Lord's Army first time round Bill's like oh yeah cool looking at the wall and looking at the city he's like yeah what's up you know and then the second time round he's like oh, I think I remember that brick third time round he's like man it's hot I wonder how many bricks there are on this wall I need something to do I'm gonna fall asleep during this so-called battle that we're singing about or that people are talking about and fourth time around the wall he's counting the bricks fifth time round the wall he's like ah oh, okay, I better count them again, make sure I got that right. Seventh time around the wall, he's like, why is there 230,000 number different between the bricks I got right now? Uh, Sorry, 10th time around the wall, he's like, sup, brick, twenty-three thousand. Eleventh 11th time around the wall, a brick answer's back. He's so bored. Brick's like, hey, I'm not just a number. I've got a name. It's like, sup, Alfred. (laughs) Next time around the wall, 12th time around the wall, he's like, talking to to the bricks he's like we got jamal we we got we got steve we got jenny you know he's naming the bricks he's bored y'all know what i'm saying he's so bored he's so hot that bricks are talking to him 13 times they marched around the building seriously think about this 13 times Oh, we got, we did it once. Absolutely nothing happened. Cool. Let's do that again. And he rolls around again. He's like, all right, two. Nothing happened at all. He's like, all right, let's do that again. And, and around he goes. It's like three times. Like, nothing happened. This is boring. Like, there's nothing going on. It's not exciting. Just marching around it. You know, there's a story in the Bible of a guy who comes to Jesus and says, "Um, can you do this? And Jesus says, anything is possible for those that believe. And he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. There's moments in here where he's like, well, I believe something's going to happen, but I don't know what. But then, you know, how many times have I gone around now? Four. That was five. And now I'm going around the sixth time, and still nothing has happened. At all? Is he going to do all 13? Well. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> How many is that? Well, I can't quit now. Some people get like so close to the victory and then they bail, right? Well, I can't get so close to a good sermon illustration and bail. There's nine. You're all so bored right now and this is the smallest Jericho in the world. (laughs) Right? Just to give you some understanding of how boring it was for them. You're sitting here and you're like, seriously, bro, I want some Chick-fil-A, hurry up. You know, Chick Fil A's closed. They're, they call themselves Christians, and they don't feed Christians. I don't even. I don't even know if I'll see a Chick Fil A owner in heaven. So, I'm kidding. My neighbour's one of them. All right. How many times have I done that now? That's twelve. Okay, cool. No. Though he went around that thing twelve times, exactly the same, nothing happened. Nothing at all happened. Nothing. And then they're like, let's go again. 13th time, they do the exact same thing, but it was a little bit different, wasn't it? They do the exact same thing, but but, but it was a little bit different this time. They, They started at the same spot, they lined up in the same order. They took every, every same step over every same annoying rock and crevice in the ground. They, they, did the, they said hello to every same brick. Cletus, Jamal, Bob, Jenny, little bricks, what's up, you know? It's the same thing. They saw the same soldiers on top of the wall pointing the same bows at them with the same arrows that were the same color. He saw the exact same bald spot on the back of Bill's head who was in front of him as he walked around the building doing the same thing. But it was a a little bit different because at one point they were told that they've got to open their mouths and let out a loud shout of praise. but everything else was exactly the same. You gotta understand when someone tells you, when someone says to you, how do I fix my life? And they're like, do what you did yesterday, but at five o'clock just praise God for a couple of minutes. You're like, "Um, how about something bigger? How about I win the lottery? How about that? How about someone gives me a house? How about I wake up and all of a sudden my husband has chiseled abs? That happened for my wife one day. She woke up and she's like, whoa. But it's not like that for everybody, right? He ate Bill, Bill, Bible, Bible, Bible Bill. He ate the same food for breakfast. He wore the same clothes. Everything was the same as the 12 times before, but it's a little bit different. And this time the walls came tumbling down. Now, Bill could have asked, well, then what the heck was the point of those first 12 times? It, 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 why didn't we just let out that loud shout of praise that, that first time round? Why would we have to do it 13 times? Why would I have to lose my mind to become friends with bricks when well, we could have just done this whole praise thing at the, at, the, at the start, at the beginning? But who knows that it wasn't the marching that brought the walls down. And, and, and who knows that it wasn't the fear in the Jericho soldier's eyes that brought the walls down. You know that it wasn't the noise of their praise that brought those walls down. No, it, it wasn't the, the, the rumble of their feet. It was the obedience in the step. Even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. Every single step. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief with this one more step. It wasn't fear in the soldiers that brought the walls down. It was the faith in the army. It was the faith in the soldiers in the Lord's army that brought the walls down. Who knows, it wasn't the, it wasn't the noise and, and, and the vibrations of the sound waves of their praise, of their, of their voices that brought the walls down. No, no it wasn't the noise. It, it was the praise in the noise. It was the praise in the decibels. It was the praise in their voices that brought those walls down. Who knows that 13 times it's it's not a magical number. But thirteen times is a long time to stay obedient. When nothing changed at all. When nothing changed. They honored God by doing what God told them to do, step by step by step, small thing by small thing by small. The 13th time, it still looked like nothing was happening, but they remained faithful. All 12 other times around that building mattered, by the way. Every step in obedience to God, staying faithful, keeping on, keeping on. And then they're obedient again, just one more time. And this time they did something a little bit different. My question for you today is, Is there something that you need to do a little bit different to line yourself up with the new thing that God's doing in your life? Would you stand up with me right now? What small, seemingly insignificant little change is God asking you to make so that He can do a new thing in your marriage? Again, too many people just want to wake up and all of a sudden their spouse is better without actually following God's voice to help make you better one thing at a time. We all want to win the lottery, but too many people don't want to tithe. We all want to all of a sudden have amazing kids, but we don't want to change how we parent. What's wrong with my kids? Probably you. And that's no, it's all right. My kids have been some disrespectful little turds sometimes. It's my fault. But it's all right. It's all right. God's grace covers my mistakes, right? And at some point, my kids still have to make their own decisions in spite of what their dad taught them or did or said. They still got to choose whether they're going to be a good human or not, right? Right? So it's not all on me. But we, we want our kids to be magically amazing but 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 God we don't want to listen when God says maybe don't do that. I know you'd prefer some huge announcement and you love those sermons, don't you? When pastor Jesse gets up and goes, it's going to change. And those those are great. And I know sometimes it's easier when we make a drastic change, like I said earlier, we can just to to hard right turn out of that rut and all of a sudden we're so far from the rut, we can't get back, it's all good, we've got a new thing and everybody notices it and it's on the news and people, are, my friends are ringing up they're like, oh my gosh, you're like a total different person it's amazing, you know I like my story at the rut, sometimes you got to make a small change and no one's clapping no one's applauding no one's really even noticing Your wife or your husband, they might not notice it at all, the small little thing you're doing different. Your boss might not ever see the little steps that you took. The news of the small thing will probably never be announced. Your pastor might not ever make an Instagram post about that great thing you did. might never use you as a sermon illustration. But your Father in heaven will see your small little act of obedience and He will reward you. He will reward you. And as you continue to do what He calls you to do, He'll bless you right there where you honored Him. I promise you every area of your life that you honor God in, God will honor you back. Amen. In Zechariah it says, does anyone dare despise the days of small things? When the first drip came, When the deer first walked through, does anyone dare despise the days of small things? They will change their tune when they see Zerubbabel set the last stone in place. What he's saying is people may despise you. They may ignore you. They may not even notice you as you begin to take small steps towards what God's calling you to do. But the day will come when you walk into what God has called you to do and they will notice then and give glory to God. We're not doing it for their notice. We're not doing it for their accolades. We're not doing it for their praise. We're doing it for Him, amen. But they will see the, the way the small things unleak, unlock something big in your life. Your spouse may not notice you carrying things up the stairs and down the stairs. Your spouse may not notice, uh, may not initially notice the way you did that or the way you changed this or the way you actually started working on this or you changed this about yourself. They may not notice the small things you do, but one day they'll wake up, look at you and think to themselves, man, I flippin' love that person. And they'll be like, how did that happen? Because I remember just a year ago when I was totally cool with them getting hit by a bus. Like, I didn't want them to get hit by a bus, but I, 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 I wasn't going to jump in front. You know? <clears throat> I, I, I'm joking-ish. <laughs> because marriages go through some, some things, you know? Let's be honest. They go through some things where you're like, my life would be better without you, you know? It can go from that to, man, I'm so glad I have them in my life. And it won't happen the first day. For a while, it's going to look, from above, it's going to look the same. It's going to look the same. It's going to sound the same. It's going to feel the same to them. But it's a little bit different. Amen. Can I encourage you today? Your big miracle, it will come suddenly. Right? Like there's a, there's a scripture that talks in Acts and talks about it. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit came like a rushing wind and fire and tongues of fire on everybody's heads and suddenly it happened. And there's times when we see a, a, a beggar who's suddenly healed and we see a, a demon-possessed boy who's suddenly set free. But, but, but the thing is, when the people were filled with the Holy Spirit, that suddenly came after, they just sat there for ages. Someone said, y'all need to go upstairs. And then the Holy Spirit will come into your life. And they're like, cool. After the first day, they're like, is he coming? Like, yeah, 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 he's coming. Just stay there. While they're waiting, dude fell out a window. Suddenly, always comes after a whole lot of nothing. You know that? It will feel the same. I look the same as I did before. Everybody thinks I'm the same. Nobody's noticed. Nobody's noticed all the little things. I look the same from above. But it is a little bit different. And I'm obeying the word of the Lord. And then suddenly my marriage feels like it's come back together. Suddenly, there's been a breakthrough in my finances. And suddenly, uh, I'm getting more sales at work. And suddenly, the, the, I've won my court case. But, but every one of those suddenlies came after staying the course and living your life just a little bit different. What little thing is God calling you to do? Where do you need to remain faithful? Pray constantly, walk in obedience. What hundreds of little things might need to happen before Suddenly happens in your life. I want to pray for you right now. And at the end of the service, we are going to go five minutes over today, so make peace with that. And uh, you know, if you need Chick Fil A, not open. Christian chickens are not even saved on Sundays, so you know. So you know, you can go to McDonald's or something. Um, five minutes late, and I promise you'll be fine. And you know, like if you're really, really desperate to go to the toilet, I I put I don't think that five more minutes is gonna. It's not going to burst your bladder. If it does, we'll start a GoFundMe to pay for your surgery. You'll be fine, okay? Stick around for five more minutes because we want to pray for some people today. So um, <clears throat> in fact, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to give people an opportunity to give their lives to Christ and then I'm going to pray for people at the end because I don't want to bookend this thing. And so if you don't know Jesus, we're going to hit pause in the sermon. Let's just talk to people who don't know Jesus. Number one, He loves you. Absolutely. Too many people think God's like a mean man on a hill with a magnifying glass trying to burn your legs off. Can I tell you, that God loves you and God's got great plans for your life. He, he has fantastic plans for your life. He wants to bless you. So Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, God says, I know I've got good plans for you, plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, plans to fill your life with hope. And so I want to know if you give your life to Christ today. Uh, so far this weekend, I think we've had 10 people uh, give their lives to Christ, and I know there'll be more people in this service. And so what I want you to do is do what Scripture says. It says to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. And so I want you to pray this prayer with me today. Uh, believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, and you will be saved, okay? Uh, and then we're going to pray for everybody afterwards. So, so everyone in the room together, and especially those away from God, repeat after me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And He died on a cross for my sin and He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace, and eternal life. I receive all that. I receive Your forgiveness for my sin and I receive this new life with You as my Lord and my Saviour and I ask for Your help to live my life the way you designed it. You are my Lord. You're my Savior. I'm gonna live for you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit myeternity.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and We'll see you next.